Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because He loves you so much. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to be worshiping with you. I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online as well. And uh, Calvin is there. would love to pray with you. You can instant message him. Uh, we love you, and thanks for, uh, for being here. So um, there's a little uh, card on your seat there. And um, so I guess uh, what I would call this is uh, this is a chance to give somebody a chance. And so uh, you can hand this to someone, and um, if uh, they get here to our Christmas, or excuse me, our Easter services, um, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the resurrection. Uh, we're going to introduce them to the gospel and give them a chance to start what many of you already have, which is a forever relationship, walking hand in hand with their Savior. So. Um, Go ahead and give someone a chance. And we've got more of those kind of back there by that window there. And you can take as many as you want as long as you give them all away to different people. And uh, you'll see on the other side that there's also uh, the journey to the cross. And so we did this last year for the first time. This will be our second journey to the cross. And uh, on Good Friday, we're going to... Um, get the sanctuary all ready and we'll set up seven different stations uh, that look at the last moments of Jesus' life. And as a self-guided tour through that, and I found it to be really powerful, I found it to be meaningful, so I want to invite you to that and you can invite other people to come to the journey of the cross as well. So when um, President Carter was in office, uh, he told the story uh, about a time that he went to speak uh, in Japan. And as he's speaking, uh, he's got an interpreter with him, and he says, well, I probably should start off with a joke, kind of lighten the crowd up a little bit and connect with him. Uh, so he tells this joke, and uh, the interpreter just really quickly uh, says the joke, and everyone just, like, they're dying, just uproarious laughter. And so President Carter thought, well, this is a little odd. Like, what, what happened here? And so he presses the interpreter. He said, well, what did you say? Like, how did you change my joke? So... Everybody was laughing like they were. And the interpreter said, no, no, it was just, it was a really funny joke. And, and he's like, no, I don't think so. I, I, what, what happened there? And the interpreter finally just kind of sheepishly said, well, I, I knew they wouldn't get your joke. So I, I just said, um, I told everybody, President Carter has told a funny story. Everyone must laugh. <laughs> and I thought, that's what we need here. Carl has told a funny story. Let's laugh right now. That would be a pretty good strategy. And so we're talking about our words. And, you know, words carry the ability to bring laughter, uh, pain, healing, hurt. And we're talking about what we allow to come out of our mouths and what we carry with our mouths. I found some uh, quotes of wisdom on words. I really especially like this first one. And it says, words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Listen to this, and I think this is true. Words are containers, Words are containers. They contain faith or fear, and they produce after their kind. Think about that. Our words are containers. That when we bring a word, that actually we're handing off life or we're handing off death. Power of life and death is in the tongue. That's what the Bible tells us. And so what are you containing in your words? I mean, isn't that a good question? What are we handing off? And they're actually delivering something. I just thought that was really insightful. Here's another one. You can say something hurtful in 10 seconds, but 10 years later, the wounds are still there. And I think many of us can testify to that, that uh, somebody said something to you years ago and you still think about it, you still carry it, it still affects how you go forward with life. 
And we've said things like, oh no, what did I do? And you know, didn't even mean it, but, it, but it impacts other people so powerfully because they're containers, they carry life or death. Here's another one. We are masters, this is Churchill, masters of the unsaid words and slaves of those we let slip out. That's so good. So here it is. You've got a word and you decide not to share it. You've mastered it. But those little ones that you lose control of, they actually master you. We're slaves to these things that we've said because now we have to deal with them. Now they go out there and they do their work. Proverbs tells us that even a fool is thought wise if he holds his tongue. So if we don't know, just hold your tongue. Just don't say anything. So much better than causing hurt with these containers, these powerful containers that God has given us. So I want to show you a passage in Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul talks a little bit about our words. In verse 29, he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I mean, right there, if we could just do that one, right? What a great guideline. If you're going to say it or not, just don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Well, what kind of talk should? Well, only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And I think that that according to their needs, that's an important thing for us to understand here. As we speak, it's like, what do they need? God, what would you say to them? And how can I meet them right where they're at so I can build them up? And to have that insight and that understanding, it should shape the way we speak so it could benefit them as they listen. And this is really interesting to me. And it says, and do not, in verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And if we could just do number 32 here, we'd be in good, a good, good place. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Let our words carry kindness. Let our words carry compassion. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Do your words carry life or do they carry death? And I think it's so interesting here that in this passage, it connects this with grieving the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit, a lot of people think and understand that idea of grieving the Holy Spirit is like, okay, now God is doing something. Like um, he wants to give a, a prophecy or he wants to speak to someone or he wants to just move in a certain way. And we say, no, we don't want that. And we stop what he's doing. And, and the Bible talks about that in Thessalonians. But it actually says, do not quench the Spirit. And, so that's, we, and we don't want to do that. If the Holy Spirit wants to do something, we want him to have his way. And I don't want to resist what he wants to do in our presence and around us and with us and through us, right? But this whole idea of grieving the Holy Spirit, there's actually only two times in the Bible where that exact phrase is used. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And one is in Isaiah. And it's actually connected with rebellion. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit with your, your rebellion. It's talking to Israel. And the idea here is that if the Holy Spirit says, go this way, and we decide to go the other way, or, or we just do what we know is wrong, then that actually grieves the Holy Spirit. And the only other time it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit is right here in this passage. And what's it connected with? Unwholesome talk. So when we drop curses or we slander or we bring painful words, when we carry death in our words, it actually grieves the spirit. Now now that word grieve, the the Greek word is lepeo. And it just simply means to sadden, to sadden the spirit of God. Now I think about, like right now I am on, I'm just about to start my fourth round of middle school girls coming through here. 
And, you know, with um, middle school girls, and, and this, is, this is like um, both from them and to them, sometimes I'm just grieved by what they can say to each other. Like, ah, oh, you said that, daughter? Or they said that to you? Oh, no, and just grieves my heart. And see, I think it's the same way that the Holy Spirit, he'll say, son, Carl, what? You said that? No. Why? Why would it grieve him? Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? He brings life. He brings freedom. He brings hope. He brings healing. He brings conviction. He is always working for the kingdom of God. And when we come in with words of death, we're doing the opposite of what the Holy Spirit does. He's like, ah, no, no, my son. Oh, my daughter, no, that's not how we do it here. Don't bring words of death, bring words of life. And so I wanna talk a little bit about some death words and some life words that we see in scripture. And so the first type of category of death words that we see over and over again in the Bible is gossip. Now, if you go to... um, oh, like People Magazine, or you know, you're looking at any kind of article, it'll say, it, when it comes to the gossip time, it says, now it's time for guilty pleasure, right? And so listen, Hollywood finally has it right. Because it's true, that's what gossip is. It is a guilty pleasure. It actually feels good to gossip. You know, you know what feels good about it to me? Is the connection. Because here I am, it's like me and you, we know. Right? So I've made a connection here. But the problem is, it's a counterfeit connection. It's an unholy connection because it's at the expense of you. And see, that's just not how God does things. God brings real relationship. God brings real connection. And he doesn't do it at anyone else's expense. And so it's a counterfeit where we can get something that we want. We want connection, but it's at someone else's expense. And so it feels good to be in the know. It feels good to be kind of set apart to have that knowledge, right? Right? But at the same time, it is a guilty pleasure. It's unholy. It's hurtful. Look at what uh, Proverbs says. We go over to Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. It says, without wood, a fire goes out. And in the same way, without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to empty, As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. So now whether you're talking about your competitors or you're talking about other ministries or you're talking about some committee out there or you're talking about your friends or your family or you're talking about your enemies, here's the problem is it goes to the inmost parts. So it comes out of your mouth, into their ear, down to their heart. Not only their heart, but your heart. It goes to your inmost part. Remember what James talks about, how the the tongue, it's like a rudder that steers a ship. Remember how we talked about how your words steer your heart, your words steer your life. And if you speak in gossip, it actually steers the way you think and the way you believe and you interact with everyone. And it changes the way they think. And it changes the way you think. Has anybody ever heard of a, you know, I I got a check from the Holy Spirit. I was going to say that, but I got a check. That's something that sometimes we say. And and what that just means is like, I was going to, but I was going to say it, but just something didn't feel right. There's something inside me that said, stop, wait. And I want to just challenge us and encourage all of us here. If you feel like you have a check from the Holy Spirit, listen 
Obey it. Even if like you've already started talking, you know, you're, you're telling half the story and you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't say this. Stop. It's better to feel foolish right there in the middle of your story than have to clean up the mess with what's going to come out in your mouth and the damage that it's going to cause. I mean, have you ever had like a juicy one? It's like, ah, oh, man, I want to share this one. And I, I, I've had juicy ones before, and you know, and I, I'm like, oh, I got to tell somebody. And I'm like, I, I go to Gina, and then I just feel like the Holy Spirit, like, no. And then I try again the next day, you know, well, maybe I could do it. No. No, I can't do that. Listen, if the Holy Spirit gives you a check, obey it. Don't do it. You will all be better off. Because here's the problem if you share it, then that person, the person you're talking to, they can't receive from the person you're talking about anymore. They can't enjoy that person anymore. They can't believe for them. They can't hope them. Hope for them. It just skews everything they think. And I know what we say. We start, and I've done this before. What? You can tell me. Don't say that anymore. Don't encourage someone to disobey God. You have to understand with gossip, there's two players. There's the giver and there's the receiver. Both are responsible. We are responsible for what we allow. If we can stop it and we don't, we're responsible for that. And so here's some warning phrases, okay? For you to hear or for you to say. Just be careful if, if someone says or you say, did you hear? Did you hear? Okay, if someone says, did you hear? Say this. Uh, I'd rather not. No thanks. Or how about this? Well, do you know what he did? Right? Do you know what he did? And so if someone says that, say, you know, uh, no, but, but you know, I know him, and I know he's overcome a lot, and he's my friend. You know, I, I've got um, people that, that every once in a while they come to our church, and I don't know why they think I want to hear it, but they'll tell me what they didn't like about their last pastor. Right? And like, I don't, I don't want to know. First of all, because these guys are my friends. And when we get together and we pray together every other week. And so you're telling me bad things about my friend. Right? And then the second thing is, if you're going to say that about them, I know it's only going to be three, six months till you're saying it about me. I would just rather you not. Here's another one. Well, I probably shouldn't say this. Here's the answer. If someone says, well, I probably shouldn't say this, this is what you say. Then don't. Just don't. I don't, I, you know, don't say it. Obey the check. Gina is so good at that. I mean, every time, like, I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I, well, don't. Stop. Obey. It just keeps me like, don't do it. Because here's the thing. Listen, life is hard enough as it is. Listen, I, I make enough problems for myself that I don't need other people to heap some on. You know, I mean, I just, I screw things up enough. All, I, I, can, I can handle that on my own. I don't need your help to make it harder. And isn't it the same? I mean, life is hard enough. We make enough mistakes. We gotta help each other. We gotta encourage each other. I tell the staff, I say, listen, leaders, they de-escalate problems. The enemy stirs problems up. See, leaders separate coals. Words of life separate coals. Let's just, let's let this thing die out. And see, it comes down to trust. Is God really the judge? Is he the vindicator? Does vengeance really belong with him? Is he the one who protects us? If so, then let's just let this thing go. 
All right, I want to talk about gossip's angry cousin now, and that's slander. So if you have your Bible, over to the book of James, chapter 4, verse 11. He tells us, brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Now, it's really interesting here that James connects slander to judging. Now, slander is usually false information, not always, but it's any kind of word that defames someone that tears down another person, right? And it's interesting, James says, when you do that, you're acting as jury, judge, and executioner. You've decided, boom, this is what they need. Boom, we gotta just take them down right here. And I'm just, I'm, I just don't wanna tear down another person. I don't wanna tear down another ministry. I don't wanna tear down another business because why should I rob you of the ability to, of receiving from them and connecting with them and doing what God wants you to do with them? And he says, we don't do this to one another. And listen, we bless those who curse us. So this goes, for, this goes for everybody. This goes for your enemies. This goes for the people you disagree with. And I am, I'm so frustrated by so much. And I, I feel like so many, there's just so many bad decisions and words and things going on out there. And it's so tempting. I just want to rip them apart. I want to slander, right? But what am I delivering when I deliver slander? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, this, is, this may step on some toes here, but, but you know, there's been some chants about our president is that what Jesus wants us to do? Is that a good witness to the world? To be yelling those things out? Slanderous words? And listen, now you don't have to agree with any politician. You, know, you can stand for truth and you can tell the truth. But do we tear them down? Do we rip them apart? Man, I'm praying for our leaders, Lord. Help them. Help them do better. Because if they win, then we win. You know, there's a lot on the line here. You gotta be careful with what's coming out of our mouth. Deal with your offenses. Don't share them. Slander just multiplies the offense. It just makes it bigger. And it goes on and on and on. We don't, need to, we don't need to give these things away. Have you ever carried someone else's offense? So you've got a good friend and they're treated bad by their boss or they're treated bad by their church or they're treated bad by their whatever it is. And they come and they're like all full. It just happened. They're all full of emotion. And then you're like, yeah, we hate them. Ah, right? And then you start picking up another person's offense. What a dangerous, foolish thing to do, to carry another person's offense. Because this is what happens. Your friend came to you when they were all mad. They're all freaking out. And then like a week later, they start thinking about things. And the Holy Spirit starts speaking to them. And they're like, eh, you know, I could have done this differently. And yeah, they, they didn't do right, but you know what? I didn't do completely right either. And so here they are, they're getting over it. They're working through it and they're better, but you, you've never gone through any of that. So you're just caring, you're just angry. Here's the thing, you got half the information and twice the anger and it wasn't even your deal. We bear each other's burdens, but nowhere in scripture does it say that we shoulder each other's offense. And wisdom is just knowing, okay, there's a bigger story here. Wisdom is knowing, it's like, okay, this is their deal. I'm going to love them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to care for them. But I'm not going to own this thing. This isn't my offense. I'll bear it, but I'm not going to shoulder it. Proverbs 17.9, if you bring that up, 
for me, please. It says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. See, our words are to bring life. Our words are to heal. Our words are, prote- are to protect. And so someone comes with you and, and, and you know, help them through it. Say, you know, I, I don't know why they would do that. Maybe it was a bad day. Maybe they're going through a lot right now. Help them believe the best about the situation. John Steinbeck, the author of Grapes of Wrath, Mice and Men, I love this. He says, I shall avenge myself in the cruelest way you can imagine. I shall forget it. Isn't that good? I'm just gonna let it go. That's my vengeance. All right, here's another word of death, and it's criticism. When we're critical with one another. Now, my daughters have gone through, they all went through sports, and um, there's one common thing with every single team that all my daughters are on, and it's as I was sitting in the stands, I was pretty convinced that I could coach it better. <laughs> like, I never, I've never played a moment of organized volleyball, but I'm pretty sure I could have done it better than these coaches who like went to college and did that, you know, the whole thing, right? And it's really easy to say from the stands, like I could do this better. But you know what, I I have coached, now I have coached middle school boys basketball. And do you know under stress about middle, you know what happens to middle school boys under stress? Their brains turn off (laughs) and just stop working. And so, so the, have, you ever, have you seen this where the, they have the ball right there and they're all around them and they don't know what to do? And this has actually happened. They'll take the ball and they'll just throw it up. <laughs> they're like, where did you learn that? I never told you to do that. You know, and the parents are like, what are you doing? Why don't you teach these kids? I'm like, do you think I taught the kid to do that? That's not one of our strategies here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, that was dirty. <laughs> Thank you, right on cue. Oh, okay, where am I now? Let's go to the Bible, that'll help me. Galatians five fourteen. The entire law is summed up in a single command. This is so good. Love your neighbor as yourself. Come on. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We all have glass houses. We all have glass hearts. Let's be kind. Let's be thoughtful. Let's be led by the Spirit. And here's the thing about criticism. When you bring your truth, here's the question. Do you want to show them or do you want to help them? They're two very, very different things. See, because if I want to help them, all right, then I've got I've to work. I've got to work my tail off to figure out, okay, now how can I give this to them in such a way that they'll receive this? How can I give it to them in such a way that it's actually going to benefit them, not me just giving them the right information? And I know what, what you think, because I think it sometimes too, well, I'm not going to soft pedal the truth here, right? Wait a second. Do you want to show them or do you want to help them? And you could be 100% correct, absolutely correct in all that you say, and you can grieve tremendously the Holy Spirit in the way that you say it. I'm right. Yeah, fine, but you didn't help. You never considered them. You didn't build them up. You didn't serve. You didn't encourage. You didn't think about, okay, now what do they need? Where are they at right now? 
And you didn't do anything except take your truth club and just beat the tar out of them. And now they're lying there on the ground and you're right, congratulations. You're right and they're broken. So moms and dads, I think it's gotta be like around 75% of training your children is not the content, it's not the information, it's not the, the direction. It's figuring out how do I give it to them in a way that they'll receive it? How can I train them and teach them and help them with this? They need the information. And listen, it is your responsibility to guide them, direct them. It's your responsibility to give them the truth. But we gotta think about not so much what are we going to say as how am I gonna say it? Where are their hearts at? How can they receive it? And I know it's hard. It's hard to figure that out. But are you telling them because you want to show them or because you want to help them? You could be 100% right in principle and 100% wrong in your delivery and your connection. So here's a, here's a real, real easy formula for you. Connection first, content second. Connection first, content second. Connection first, content second. You know what that equals? Transformation. Connection first, content second. That, that equals a word of life. It equals real help. And you know, we've got to think about also, I mean, so much criticism out there. People are so critical right now. And we need to be solid in who we are in Jesus. No, you know, when we know who we are in him, well, first of all, we don't, we don't receive it when it comes our way, right? Uh, you know who I think is one of the coolest people is Dolly Parton. I mean, you just, she's like Teflon. You can't throw anything at her. Nothing sticks. I saw a quote from her the other day. She says, you know what? It takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> That's so good, right? And see, when we're secure in Jesus, it doesn't stick and we don't give it out. Be careful with your words. If you're a delivery system, if your words are delivering and carrying things, what are they delivering? What are we giving people? Are we giving them? You know, you think about this, the slander, the things that we say, is that what we want to do? Hey guys, I want to just give you a bunch of hate. Here's a bunch of frustration. Here's a bunch of anger. That's what I want to spread in this world because I'm so mad. Here, you take it. Now, I'm working on this and I want the Lord to change me and, and, and train me. But when you and I talk, when we're done, I hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope you go away feeling more hopeful. I hope you go away feeling uplifted. I hope you feel encouraged. And yeah, maybe even a, a little bit challenged, but challenged in love, knowing that there's a way forward. I hope that, that you have just a little deeper understanding of how, how passionately Jesus loves you and how your Father is for you. I hope life comes from my words. Because guys, guess what? We are in a spiritual battle. This is one of our big weapons here. Let's fight the enemy. I, I don't know about you, but it's almost like in the air, there's just like this almost palpable death where you can just kind of reach up and you just like feel death all around us. And why do we want to agree with that? Why, why would we want to con continue and encourage that? Wouldn't we want to speak life into that death? See, because I think that actually your words, they actually contain spiritual power. And that we speak life into a situation and life comes by the Spirit of God. And we speak death and death just multiplies and continues as we agree with that. 
We're, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I, I feel in, in my mind as I just look around, it seems to me there's like a principality or like a spiritual force of just accusation across America and the world right now. I mean, this cancel thing, you know, it's just like, this guy did this 30 years ago. Come on, who's the accuser? That's Satan's title. What do we do? We speak mercy, grace, life, truth. We bring hope to those who are depressed. We bring joy to those who are just desperate right now. And with this death hanging over us, we speak life. This is a great opportunity, follower of Jesus, to do it differently than the world does it. This is actually an opportunity to bring truth and life and freedom in the midst of a dark, dark world. And to speak death is just to give ourselves over to and agree with the enemy of our souls. Why would we want to partner with him? Let's speak praise. Let's agree with the Holy Spirit. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit as we speak. Let's bring thanksgiving. Let's bring hope. Let's bring joy. Let's bring power into these situations. And I know it's so tempting. It's so easy. It's such a guilty pleasure to speak darkness. But I don't want to partner with him. I want to partner with the ever-living Spirit of God. I want to see your life. I want to see your joy. I want to see you thrive. Oh, God, use me for that. Let me pray for you right now. Lord, I just, uh, first of all, I confess that, Lord, sometimes I do, in my language, I partner with the enemy. And I jump in on the stuff, Lord, that I just don't want to be part of, and I'm sorry. And, Lord, I pray now that for all of us, that your Holy Spirit would just increase in our hearts And God, we yield to you, we obey you, we say yes to you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the words to say. Lord, that you would give us power. Lord, that that when we see darkness, that that we would bring light. Lord, I pray that our words would be your words and that they would carry your life. I pray that our words, Lord, that, that they would bring light in the darkness. So Holy Spirit, give us wisdom, give us insight. And Lord, help us to always obey you and just walk hand in hand with you, to walk and talk and live by the Spirit of God. Use us, Lord, to fight the darkness in those around us. Thank you, God, that there's no guilt. Thank you that there's no shame, even for the words that we've said, that we're forgiven. And now, Lord, let us move in that freedom in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.